Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. So I want to talk to you about remaining Are you remaining in transition or building? Are you remaining in transition or building? In Matthew 7, 24 and 25, Jesus says, Therefore, hear these words of mine and does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Think of the rock as the word of God. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. The rock, the word of God. Jesus is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. So we not only have a physical Bible. You know, we were talking about this last week. Why didn't God leave us with a, a movie to watch instead of a book? And, and I think part of that is because he wants us to not develop any pictures of what he looks like. And because we would start to worship something and we would be given over to idolatry. And I think it was really the wisdom of God to leave us with a book, a book that is not only written over a period of 1,500 years, but on three different continents in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. It was written by over, I think, what, 40 different authors. And, and, and then you have, over that period of all that time, you have a constant theme that's spoken through the Bible. There's a harmony of the Word of God. And then John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is the word that became flesh. And so not only do we have a book, but we have the spirit of God to help us interpret. We have the actual author who can help us understand what he's trying to communicate to us. In Acts 4.11, we see that Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Danny could tell you a lot about cornerstones and why they're so important. Every building, every house has a cornerstone, which is the first stone that's laid to lay a foundation correctly. Without the cornerstone, the rest of the foundation cannot be laid properly. Remember, we're talking about the Word of God. And why it should be so important and valuable to us in our lives. And the more that we fix our eyes on Jesus and his word. And he renews our mind and brings us into the fullness of what he's purchased for us through his blood. And through his resurrection. The more that we will begin to function in the calling and the purpose. The destiny that he's had for our lives for all of eternity. Apostles and prophets are called to lay the foundations 
of the church. In Ephesians 2, 19 through 20, it says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. In other places, Paul talks about teachers as being very important to the foundation of the church. With Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. And so they can't build anything unless there's that cornerstone, unless there's this understanding of the word of God and the revelation that we move out from is not going to be outside of the confines of the word of God. And that's why leaders who lay foundations when they're planning a ministry or starting a new work or you as a family are, are laying for, for what God has called your family to do. The fact is that we have to seek first the kingdom of God, the word of God, and his righteousness. And we know all things will be added to us. There is a priority that the word of God must have in our lives to set everything in our lives in the direction that it's supposed to go for eternity. Jesus uses fivefold leadership to build the church as a unified, full, and powerful kingdom. In Ephesians 2.21, it says, In Him, in Christ, the whole building, the church, is joined together and rises to become a holy temple of the Lord. In Ephesians 4.11-13, it says, And He, Jesus, Himself, gave some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, right? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ the fullness of Christ how can we understand the fullness of Christ because we have the word of God and the full of fullness of Christ is placed in us when we were born again we have everything that we absolutely need in Christ as soon as you surrender your life to Jesus why don't we see all of those things why don't we see the power of God that's what we're going to talk about today the church, the body of Christ, is made up of living stones. 1 Peter 2, 4-5. through 5. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, say you also, as living stones are being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the encounter that you have with God is what qualifies you to be laid upon the foundation of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists who are helping build the church and equip you so that you're the one who shines and God uses. The, the purpose of leadership is not to be on top of people, it's to be underneath them. And the more that we understand the greatest among you shall become servant of all, the more that our leadership will look like the cornerstone of Jesus Christ that has been laid first. 
God uses transitions in life to equip our faith so that by our dependence upon God, he will have agreement with us to release the fullness of Christ from us. Colossians 1, 19-20, For it pleased the Father that in Him, in Christ, all the what? Fullness should dwell. And by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him whether things on earth, earth or, or in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Even the transitions that Israel experienced in the desert are what qualified them to inherit the promised land. In Exodus 16.32 it says, Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Now they've already been set free from Egypt, from slavery. They're wandering in the wilderness. We know it should have taken less than two weeks for them to get to the promised land, but they decided to go their way. And while they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, the goal was to get to the promised land. But God gave himself to Israel. He called them my chosen people. They had every need met. There was nothing that they lacked if they did what God asked them to do. But because they desired to stay in a place of transition and not allow the fullness of Christ to build the kingdom of God through their life, they continue to live in transition without ever really building anything. Exodus 16.32, when God provided manna, the Mo then Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. So God provided food. He said, I'm going to take you to the promise. Look, they saw a great deliverance from Egypt. They were free from sin, right? And then they get out in the wilderness and the enemy is chasing them down. And then God opens the sea in front of them. And then he closes the sea on their enemies. Type of water baptism. And then while they're going through the desert, they should have gone in the direction of the land of Canaan, but they did not. Did they have what they needed? Yes. But because they chose to be prodigals, because they chose to wander and not understand what has already been given to them and not allow the word of God to establish them and release the fullness of Christ from them, then what happened is they didn't get to where they needed to go to inherit the promise that they needed to. Only the second generation did because the first generation was not willing to lay everything down and allow Christ to be magnified through them. In Exodus 16.35 And the children of Israel ate manna 40 years. I love tacos. I love pizza. I had the best pizza, and I'm making a confession this morning as a New Yorker 
who feels like he knows a little bit about pizza, that when I got to Naples, Italy, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> but imagine if you had to eat the same thing every day. As much as we're going to feast on turkey and different things this week, you wouldn't want to eat that every day. And the children of Israel ate manna 40 years. Until they came to an inhabited land, they ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Why did they have to eat the same thing? Couldn't God create like a buffet for them? Couldn't he come up with something else? Absolutely. But oftentimes, the Lord will not give us anything more until we give him something of ourself. And I'm not just saying that God would have provided something else just to meet their, their physical needs. I'm, as if it wasn't good enough of what he provided but he wants us to understand that the fullness of what he has given us in Christ is so valuable that if we would thank him for it and not complain and not be like a dog chasing our tail, but have a, be a people of purpose that say, if we're going to believe for revival, we're all in. If we're going to believe for God to shake Auburndale, Polk County, the state of Florida, America, and the nations, we are all in. Despite what we see and what's happening around us, I will not change. I will not stop pursuing. I will be faithful as he has been faithful to us because he's our greatest example. Listen to this. Sixteen thirty-five. They ate manna forty years, until they came to inhabit the land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Joshua five twelve. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. What I don't want to interpret is that we ever transition out of fullness. We never do. What we do is we build off of it. And what does God want to build? What does he want to put icing on our cake? Power. Miracles, signs, wonders, evidence of his hand working. To, oh yeah, there's evidence when you're in fullness. And it's usually enough to keep you to be faithful in small things. But then when that foundation is underground. And you're building upon it. Then there becomes a structure that can only be built by power. And when there's real power in the church. Those who are living in darkness will begin to see a great light. And they'll say, I want that. What we keep doing to the world is saying, look at this cement stone that's dirty and underground. We haven't built anything. We we're not demonstrating anything. Or I should say very little. Because most of what we can do is what we can do. 
But if we want to do what God wants to do, then we have to do it his way. And we cannot take shortcuts. We cannot stop allowing the fullness of Christ to go through our lives to be evident so he can build upon it. So that the people that God's put in our lives, listen, if you're going to be in this local church, be all here. I, I, I'm not trying to say if you miss a meeting or something, you can't be. We get it. But the fact of the matter is, the reason why the church in America has grown up like this, but is only an inch deep a lot of times as far as their theology and understanding the fullness of Christ, is because we're trying to take shortcuts to make something big so we can impress the world. But the world is not impressed. The only thing that will impress the world is humility, is brokenness, is weakness, is depending upon the Lord, is being a house of prayer, is being faithful in your marriage and committed for life. It's not about trying to build a physical structure and then asking God to bless it. We are stepping ahead of him. If we have what we have in the Lord and we allow him to grow it and to expand it, we're in the greatest place we need to be as a church. I believe the Lord is saying there's a big difference between transitioning and building. Some Christians never graduate out of, out of transition in order to fully appreciate the fullness they have in Christ. This is why I believe the church does not see enough of the power of God. Why would God give somebody a, a, a powerful healing anointing if they can't be faithful in little things? See, we go after what the world desires. We take shortcuts the way the world does. And when we get set free from that mindset and we allow the word of God to renew our mind, then we start realizing that you're Lord, not just Savior. And I'm going to submit my will to you. I'm going to submit my finances to you. I'm going to submit my time to you. I'm going to allow you to even be a dictator in my life. Paul said, I'm a bond servant of the Lord. Did Jesus say, come follow me and I'll make you a slave? No. But why did Paul say, I want to be a slave of God? Because he understood how great the Father's love was for him. He didn't have... He didn't, God didn't force him to obey him. He gave him an encounter. And off of that encounter, Paul allowed the fullness of Christ to dwell within him and to be released from him. And then God started to build off of his life because Paul said, it's not about me, it's about that cornerstone. God never intends for us to transition out of the fullness we have in Christ. God always intends for us to build off of the fullness of Christ so that we will function in power. There was a time in our missions work when God moved us from being a manna-based ministry into becoming a promised land ministry. And I'll tell you what it was. It's actually the couple that I was just telling you about who we were with in Charlotte. You see, in 2003, we moved, uh, Abby was two months old. <laughs> now she just turned, she's 20 years old. Isn't that amazing? 20 years ago, we moved her to the Philippines. And when, when we moved in January 2003, we moved with the four other families. I, our family had to have like $1,500 a month. It's not a whole lot of money. 
But we were a team, figured we all worked together, blah, blah, blah. We get there, we, after probably a month or two, we start getting about $1,000 a month, 700 It got down to $350 a month for the rest of the year. Very hard. In fact, I had a shoe that when I walked, I was so spiritual that it would speak in tongues when I would walk. And I had a Filipino pastor say, Eric, you should go back to the States and raise more money. I said, oh, man of God. It's not how David Hogan would do it. Right? You know, we compare ourselves to other people. When God is asking us to compare ourselves to Jesus. And if Jesus says go back, which he was speaking through that man, and I didn't want to agree with that. So we go back. And we go back in November, right before Thanksgiving. So we're there, December. Nobody wants a missionary the end of November or December or January. We had no churches go. We only had like one or two churches anyway. And, and it just wasn't a big deal. Come February... Our first church, I think it was the first week of February in 2004, we were invited by a Methodist church in Delaware. They were going to have three services by 11.30 a.m. The first one was the spiritual service. That's where people raised their hands. So that was, that was big time. Then the other two services, the pastor wore a robe and they had, you know, the pipe organ and the hymnal number, and it's not that that's all bad. I mean, I, I don't think all liturgy is bad if it's spirit-led. And so I said, well, I'm at a Methodist church. Maybe I'll, I'll sing Lendl's version of Anne Can It Be. That's not how the Methodist church sings that song. They sing it very different than how Lendl Cooley sang it. And, but they liked it. And I shared a message. And at the end, there's a couple who said, oh, we were so inspired by the word. You know, the, the church gave us a check. I think it was like $2,000, a lot of money. But we had no monthly sponsorship. And so we, we needed that in order for fire to allow us to get back out on the field. And so this couple, they said, we were so inspired. I had to stand at the back door with the pastor and shake hands. I didn't want to stand at the door to pack, you know, pastor shake hands. And then I have my hand in the pocket here, and I'm shaking hands with my right hand. And this couple comes up, what, what are you doing for lunch? And I'm feeling around, no, I don't have any money. And I'm like, hell, we're free, praise God. And uh, they said, come to our house. We'd really like for you guys to come. So we go to their house, Casey and uh, the kids and, and the wife, and their kids go in another room, and me and, and, and the, the gentleman, the owner of the house, the papa, you know, he is there. And he's a, he's, a, he's a surgeon. And I, we don't know each other at all. And he gives me a, a card, a sponsorship card. And he says, look, we really felt like God told us to do this. And we are so blessed by your guys' ministry. They supported us $1,000 a month for the next, not only that year, but several years. Several years. They paid for our tickets back and forth. If it wasn't for this manna, we would not have stayed on the field. But then, some years ago, maybe several years ago, God did something that I didn't think he should do. 
You ever have that feeling? Think you have a better idea in mind than what God has? You probably have. You just don't want to admit it. This couple felt called to sell their practice and move to Kenya to be missionaries. I said, Lord, I don't, I don't know if they're hearing you, right? We're the missionaries, right? Well, that's not how God saw it. And the Lord, and they told us like a couple years in advance, we're going to be doing this. And, and so we just want to prepare you guys. And they were so amazing and still are. We're, we're very close to this family. And so that's when I read Joshua, what is it, 512, right? Then the manna ceased. After they ate the produce of the land. Because God was challenging our faith that if you want to go into the promised land, you have to allow me to build off of the fullness of Christ within you. You're going to have to stop relying on manna. Paul said, some drink milk, but I want them to eat meat. What's the meat? The meat is not only a, a better protein and keeps you satisfied longer, but it's something that you can share with others. And you can tell people that, look, it's not about me. It's not about just my calling. It's not about just my family. It's about the kingdom of heaven and walking by faith and trusting him and allowing the fullness of Christ to be built off in my life so I could be dead and God could demonstrate the power of God in and through our life. I even believe these last three years, the Lord has been teaching us to inherit his promises. Last Tuesday at discipleship, I was excited to go. I'm sad we won't be able to go to a Monday night, but we'll be there for Thanksgiving if you'll be there. But last Tuesday, Danny said this, and this is what got me thinking about this message. And he said, you know, the discipleship group is starting to apply what we've learned. <laughs> we've been teaching a lot. And then as we began praying over people and different ones were getting words and praying, I'm watching people going, wow, you know, a year ago, I don't believe this person would be doing that. <laughs> but see, that, that's what happens when you die to yourself and you allow the fullness of Christ to grow within you. God can build off of that what he's always desired to build. And then I started seeing some things and having pictures of prey and Danny turns to me and he says, you know, I love when, when you s see things like that and you start flowing like that. And as, as much as I like to do that, my heart is not to be ever become the central focus or the only, or ever act like I'm the only one God can use. Because here, this is the purpose of leadership is that Jesus is the cornerstone and we will never replace him. And if he gives us the opportunity to become some type of foundational stone or help build the stone and place in the church these living stones and help people grow and mature, be equipped, that's, that's wonderful. What an honor. But may our name perish so that the name of Jesus be honored. And as we are here, I want any gift that God has ever given me or Casey we want that simply to be given here. 
And God to bless and see these things functioning in your lives even above and beyond that. We always want our kids to go beyond what we are able to encounter, right? My belief is that God has been transitioning the people of Move Church because he has been laying a strong foundation of the word of God. God is building you for a display of his power in order to be his witnesses in Auburndale, this county, this state, this nation, and to the nations. That might sound very general, and you might already know that. But I want to speak that over you. Because I want you to have vision. I believe God wants you to have vision. Because sometimes it's easy to lose our vision when we're in a place of transition and we don't understand what Christ is trying to do in us so that the fullness of what he's given us is released from us. Because the more that you change and are transformed into becoming who God's designed you to be, the more this church will be fit together as living stones. And the more you will make an impact in this community and around the world that God will make sure people are touched specifically by you laying your life down for others. Even Jesus built his life and ministry from fullness into power. In Luke 4, verse 1, it says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost returned from the Jordan and was led, where he was water baptized, right? And he was led, say led, by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Into the wilderness. Sounds like Israel. Luke 4.14. And now after Jesus was tempted in the desert, he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee and there went out a fame of him throughout the region round about. So if you want God to use you, you got to let the fullness transition you into where God wants you to be with him. And as you do, he will build off of you what he's desired to do all along. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.